The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Better hide your wife, hide your kids. The thought police are on patrol. Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer, and this is my beautiful wife, Nikki. Hey. And thank you for joining us. Um, give you a little full disclosure. We are out of our element today. Episode's coming in a little bit late, and we are, uh, at least for me, agitated, <laughs> irritated, and just trying to get through it. Um, <clears throat> we just got done spending basically like six hours at a soccer field. Mm-hmm. And uh, it kind of sucked the life out of us as they just kept running our kids through game. Like, our boys played three games back to back to back. I asked them how they were doing afterwards. Fine. They're not tired. And it's all for, like, a meaningless, you know, 13-year-old rec league. So it definitely has me out of my element. Uh, I'm trying to stay patient and calm and not completely melt down. So. Uh, that's where we are, but uh, we do have a good episode, I think, an episode I've been desperate to talk about, and that's part of what's been getting me frustrated because I feel like, you know, this is some important stuff to talk about, and it, you know, life just keeps getting in the way, and which is fine. I mean, it's the way it's supposed to be, right? But, um, you know, just you want to get to these things, and it just seems like there's roadblocks, and you're trying to get over them and stuff like that, so... Before we dive into these topics, baby, is there anything you would like to say? Well, I was just looking at the positive for the day. We were at the field for six hours, but it was cloudy and breezy until the last 20 minutes. So I am just praising God that we didn't have to deal with the regular Florida heat and stagnant humid air. I was pretty happy and content sitting there. It was a long time, but it was very relaxing for me. So I'm not as stressed. It was just kids, whatever, they had a good time. It was a long day at the field, but I think it was a well-needed, did that, just nothing to do, just sitting there. So I'm just looking at it from a different angle. <laughs> That's why Nikki's better than me. Um, cause I was not looking at it from that angle. I was just irritated and not only irritated, but I mean, I guess anybody that's grown up playing sports or anything, and you're just watching a bunch of players that don't really care and like, you know, half-hearted effort. And you're like, you know, it's one thing to be out here for six hours if you're going hard and you're really trying to win. But you know, when you get 40 minutes into the six hours and they've already given up and you're like, Oh, we have a long time of sitting here and watching them do nothing. So wasn't great, but our kids had fun. They got some exercise, so I guess that's a blessing. We all had some good fresh air, and all the other kids laying together great just on the other field that nobody was using. They yeah. went over there and played with a bunch of other kids, so it was good. Nobody had their kids there, like, sitting and looking at a phone or a tablet or anything. Every kid was playing, like, the way it should be. Way it should be. Um, and then also, uh, Ray's report, I guess. Um, my brother and his wife, they just had his wife's parents come down to see them. And for whatever reason, because, you know, they've been married for a long time, I've gotten to know her parents very well. 
you know, in that process. So is Nikki and they're wonderful people. Um, we love them dearly and they're always a great time whenever they're around. They bless us like we're their own, you know, family. And they were down. We got to see them twice in the last week. And it's always a blessing when we get to see them. You know, they're just good people, godly people. And uh, got to go out to dinner with them last night before they took off. And it was a good time. You know, obviously got to see my brother and his wife again, which is always great. So uh, huge shout out to God for bringing them down here and pray that they get home safely because they're driving back. And we're going to try and drive back like a day. Everybody like thinks they're going to do that. Like, 15 ah, hour trip. 15 hours. We're going to do it in one day. <laughs> Nobody does it in one day. You're like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I can get a hotel room. And so that was great. We definitely appreciated seeing them. But getting into the news of the week, I felt like the two news stories that really stood out to me that just kept being talked about, um, they both, oddly enough, came from the world of sports, um, and maybe that's because I'm, I like the world of sports and I pay attention to it, but the big, probably the big story of the week, we'll touch on that one first, came from the Las Vegas Raiders, and that was the f- resignation, um, or probably the, uh, I guess, forced, coerced resignations, probably more likely. Yeah of John Gruden, the head football coach of the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. So if you just want to touch on these uh, first couple paragraphs, baby. It says the NFL has uncovered yet more emails involving Raiders coach John Gruden from 2010 through 2018, in which he used sexist, homophobic, and transphobic language, according to a report from the New York Times. Shortly after the Times released its report, NFL Network's Tom Pelissero. Okay, I know the names, I don't. <laughs> Pelissero and ESPN's Adam Schefter reported that Gruden had informed his team he would resign as head coach. Gruden later released a statement confirming his resignation. Yep, hmm. so he came out on uh, Twitter or wherever and put out his resignation. You know, the normal stuff. Hey, I'm sorry I hurt you guys. Never meant to. All that sort of stuff. Um, So if you're unfamiliar with the story, John Gruden, obviously, uh, pretty certain he was the highest paid head coach in the NFL. And he had the longest contract of any coach in the NFL. I believe he actually signed like a record-breaking 10-year, $100 million deal um, to be the coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. And I believe he was four or five years into that coaching stint. And, um, well, I guess kind of before, because I had, I think I'm kind of liking this style where like me and Nikki sort of read things and do things on our own and then sort of come together on this show to like talk about them together for the first (laughs) time. I like that. Um, so when I asked you first to read these stories, like, what were you saying to me? Because. I was like, all right, settle down. Like, just read the (laughs) stories and we'll talk about it. I'm just like, it's moral worldly news. I was like, what do we care if it's someone's emails and it's, what does this have to do with Christianity was my main question. And I was like, why is he getting in trouble? It's free speech and it's his emails. I'm like, who's digging into his emails? I didn't finish the article maybe to explain that. I was just irritated. I'm like, okay, I've had enough. No, and it definitely on the surface, and you know, it may be mostly worldly, but again, you know, we want to kind of help you guys as far as we, you know, see the world, how to live a godly life in this world. And, you know, so kind of the background of the emails from 2010 to 2018, John Gruden was not um, a coach, he was a commentator, he did Monday Night Football. And I guess during that time, he had a bunch of back and forth emails with, guy who I believe was the GM at the time, the general manager of the Washington, formerly the Redskins. I don't know if you're allowed to say that anymore. They're now the Washington football team. Uh, I remember when that was coming out. Yeah. Apparently it's racist to talk about Indians, but, um, or Native Americans. Oh my God, I said Indians. Um, (laughs) But so during that time, you know, they passed these emails back and forth and in these emails um, and the way they found these emails basically is they're conducting the NFL, I think is conducting 
uh, an investigation into the Washington football team. And during this investigation, they uncovered these emails by John Gruden, um, where he was emailing back and forth. So it sounds like him and Bruce Allen were kind of friendly. You know, they were friends. And, you know, John Gruden's brother used to coach for the Washington Red, Washington football team. So maybe they have a, a close relationship. It sounds like they did. But in these emails, he said some very, very nasty things in 2021's America. Things you are not allowed to say in 2021's America, especially if you are a celebrity of any uh, stature. And in there, you know, they, uh, let me see what they say in here. Um, do you want to read this one? Gruden used racist, sexist, homophobic, and transphobic language in the emails which the Times reported dated from 2010 through 2018 before Gruden was hired by the Raiders for his second stint with the team. Per the Times, he often called NFL commissioner Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell. And you don't Goodell. have to. Yeah, I was saying I, I am not. I didn't even know what it was saying. It's a homophobic <clears throat> slur. Oh, that one F is. word. Yes. Okay. And it's a clueless anti-football cat uh, and then he also used uh, homophobic slurs to describe nfl owners coaches and reports and then it goes on to say he also exchanged pictures of i guess nude women um, and stuff like that so uh, he mocked president obama he mocked president biden in these emails so basically all in all what he got in trouble for in these emails is talking the way people think ungodly dudes talk yeah and think yeah um this is literally and really this is maybe really probably pre-barack obama election way that men talk right like yeah and again it's not godly of course but you know there used to be the kind of the joking term was to call somebody mm-hmm. that homophobic F word, right? It didn't right. mean that you were gay. It was more of just an insult, like, hey, you're, you know, weak or you're right. this or whatever it is. Um, same way calling someone a clueless anti-football cat mm-hmm. uh, wasn't meant to be necessarily sexist or any, it was, it was an insult. It was a mocking insult. And everybody kind of knows that. They That's not what that. it means. Yeah. And that was the big reason why I wanted to get to this story um, and why we started the way we did. Hide your wife, hide your kids. Mm-hmm. The thought police are on patrol because John Gruden got fired or resigned um, for thought crimes. That's essentially what he was- got fired for. You're not allowed to think the things that John Gruden thinks, um, let alone say them. Because keep in mind, these are private emails um, that he sent yeah. to a friend. And just, again, this would be like somebody sitting in the corner and hearing two guys at a bar talking. Yeah. And then walking out and being like, hey, man, I just heard, you know, what this guy was saying. And that's why he's fired is over something every guy has said and thought and shared texts, pictures. Of similar things. Yeah, and I think this is how... So they're all hypocrites. Oh, yes. And if you hear anybody sit there and tell you, like, oh, you know, my problem with Christianity is the hypocrites, tell them to grow up and shut up in a godly way, of course. There's nobody more (laughs) hypocrite or hypocritical um, than secular atheists, these liberal humanists, because everybody talks like this. At some level. I mean, obviously, hopefully the more spiritual you get. I mean, I used to talk this way. Praise God. I, I definitely bite my tongue a lot more, though my mind still wanders in this way. Um, and I have to catch myself, take captive my thoughts, because I, as I've mentioned on here, I was not always um, striving so hard to be godly as I am now. Uh, but this is the way that you talked, especially when you played sports, especially when, mm-hmm. I mean, we were just it's out there. It's locker room talk. It's That's locker it room talk, but it's just, it's manly talk. Wherever men are, if you, I mean, I'm in the military. 
I mean, for God's sakes, go deploy. <laughs> Live in a dorm with a bunch of You just know. Well, men. when I worked at the country club and I had to, like, work the, they call it the men's table, or the, the guys would come in and have their meeting and their breakfast together, you'd overhear the most sexist things they'd say, but I knew they were joking. And they didn't mean for me to hear, but that's how guys talk. Like, just I witnessed that every morning with them. Every morning, that's how they talked. And this is where I think it sort of ties in with Christianity because we've talked in this or in this show that liberalism is an antichrist political ideology anymore. It may not have started that mm-hmm. way, but it is now. And in liberalism, um, words speak louder than actions always. And yeah. again, this is what John Gruden got fired for. John Gruden's been a football coach. I didn't pull it up here, but he's 58 now. I would imagine he's probably been a football coach in some form or factor for. 25, 30 years. Um, and in that time, countless number of African American men, um, women that he's worked with and for, um, owners, players, coaches, executive staff, all these sorts of things, <clears throat> young men that he's maybe helped groom and grow and all these sorts of things, all of that wiped away in an instant why isn't he fighting back why isn't he saying what we're saying and calling them all hypocrites because you can't fight back in this culture um on his level not because he couldn't fight back and take a stand but nobody um in an i mean you see the way the nfl's run right they're going completely liberal right all their you know they got those stupid um we are everybody or whatever it is commercials where it's like transgendered and lgbtq promotion you know they're capitulating to all the race baiters and the blm movements i mean this is not the league to make a stand for freedom of speech and and liberals their worldview is your words are more important than their than your actions um Mm -hmm. this is why you know they hated donald trump because he said mean things sure he did a lot of great things uh for our country but he said mean things you know, and this is why they love Barack Obama, right? He could tell you, you know, my election is when the seas stop rising. And people are like, heck yeah. Although nothing changed. Apparently our globe is still burning from climate change, according to them. But why? He said he was going to do something about it. His actions never led into anything. But the actions don't matter. It's just the words. Make me feel good. Um, and... I mean, this is almost that whole like the thought that counts. Yeah, it's the opposite <laughs> of biblical truth, right? Like James would tell you faith without works is dead. The liberal humanist would be like, nah, just tell me you believe it. Just tell me you love me. Well, I don't really, really care the what you modern do. day like Pharisees, because even Jesus pointed out outwardly you look a certain way, but inwardly you're filthy or corrupt. Yeah. Dead inside. That's what they are. And not to mention just the idea that forgiveness is not a word that exists for secular Mm -hmm. humanists. Like, John Gruden will never get this back. Like, he's never going to be a head coach again. And he shouldn't even be apologizing. If he's going to apologize to anybody, he should be, well, repenting to God. Not a godless person apologizing to other godless people for their quote-unquote sins, which they don't even call them sins. It's like, why be offended? I don't have a problem with them apologizing because certainly if somebody overheard me say something like this, if they were really offended, Hey, uh, you know, well, because he did say some pretty crude things. Like he talks about D Marie Smith, who is the head of the executive or the players association, like the NFL players union, you know, he mocked how big his lips were and stuff like that, which is what they say is the racist aspect. Eh, you know, everything's racist when you talk about, you know, a minority in this country, if you're a white person, so I don't really buy that it's racist, but it's definitely not nice, right? You definitely shouldn't be calling Roger Goodell um, a homophobic F word. So I'm perfectly comfortable with him being like, hey, listen, man, because we sh- as Christians should always be quick to apologize if we upset somebody. Even if you don't necessarily think you're wrong, you can be like, hey, I'm sorry for the way that this came off to you, the way that this made you feel or sounded. Let me explain mm-hmm. how it it doesn't actually mean what you think it means, you know, because... An apology doesn't mean anything to them. No, They're not I even going to forgive him. Like you said, forgiveness means nothing. They don't care if he apologizes. It just makes them feel better about themselves. They don't really care about 
about him at all. No, they I just want to say, see, we were right. Yeah, they're not going to forgive him because he said he's sorry. Because the very, I mean, I don't have it pulled up here, but Tony Dungy came out, who's a very godly man, Christian man, former head coach, commentator. And he came out and said just that. Hey, listen, John Gruden did this, but he said he was sorry. He said that, you know, he's whatever, forgive, or he's asked, you know, to be forgiven for it. So John, or uh, Tony Dungy was like, we should just forgive the dude. And he got slaughtered by like telling people you should forgive someone. So um, there is no forgiveness in this world that we live in. Um, if stoning was a thing today, they oh, would they stone would stone him. him. Um, <laughs> but a thing that I would say, because I was reading this and I was like, man, I don't even think, like, I wouldn't be surprised if I read a news article tomorrow or next week where a psychiatrist or like a medical health professional leaked somebody's personal conversations. Like, would you really be surprised if somebody came out and was like, I was Donald Trump's psychiatrist for three years. Here's what he told me. You wouldn't be shocked. You'd be like, well, okay, well, that makes sense. Like, and I don't even think they would get in trouble. They might lose their license, mm -hmm. but you know that person would get a gig on CNN tomorrow. Yeah. You know, it would all make up for it. Like I wouldn't be stunned. So in my mind, I was reading this and I was like, man, if you uh, have something to say to get off your chest, first off, you should be getting it off your chest to God. That's the only person yes. you should get off to. Otherwise, I would uh, tell you maybe to write it in a notebook. And then light it on fire when you're done. Uh, because we live in a world of thought police. And I pulled up, I was looking up, um, you know, thought police. Because Nikki's reading through 1984 right now. And um, I read through, you know, 1984 before. Great book, in a sense. Horrifyingly, terrifyingly prophetic um, book for the world that we live in. Um. <laughs> But they talk about, you know, this is kind of where we get the term thought. This is from George Orwell. Um, and um, there's a quote that they pull from that book in this article that I found. Um, and he says, we do not destroy the heretic because he resists us or he resists us. So long as he resists us, we never destroy him. We convert him. We capture his inner mind. We reshape him. And this is what they're trying to do, because you're not allowed to think thoughts John Gruden thought, um, because that's not PC. It's not with secular culture and where they're at. Um, you're not allowed to be homophobic anymore. You're not allowed to be um, supposed sexist or. If you're anti any or if you're opposed to anything, they label you as like earful of. Like it's you're not even allowed to point out how ridiculous they and how overboard they are like they're trying to get dave Chappelle, you know kicked off of netflix and banned because he pointed out just how absurd and like how oppressive this lgbt sort of community is and they're like hey you aren't supposed to notice that just go along with it um and it's just insane and you know just my thoughts on this kind of driving around here you know, going back and forth to work, I just wrote down or started taking some notes. And I was like, it's always the godless that get to tell people, you know, how they're supposed to live their lives. Um, you know, they're always seeming to be the ones pushing for mandates, pushing for rules. And there's really no freedom in their secular life. Um, you're only allowed to think their line of or think the way that they think. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, I've had a, this thought before, but like, there's really only freedom in Christ. Uh, you know, we get told by these secular humanists and stuff all the time that Christianity and religion, you know, all these rules and it's oppressive. And it's not like the Ten Commandments are freedom. Um, submitting to Christ is freedom. Mm -hmm. You know, it tells you, you know, um, you know, not to like, murder thou shalt not kill right and everyone's like ah oh, you know is that some sort of oppressive rule like go and kill somebody sure you have freedom to and then spend the rest of your life in prison and tell me how free you feel you know um go give in to your porn addiction and then be saddled with that for the next 35 years and tell me how free you feel 
Like, it's not. That's not real freedom. It's just this delusion that Satan sets into People your mind. People think they're free and they have a handle on everything when they don't realize it takes them captive. Their freedom to sin, you know, to it. be a prisoner. Yeah, so when you read stories like this, um, man, you got to get, you got to see through sort of the veneer of like, oh, a racist email from John Gruden. What is it? That's not the story here. The, the story here is that you're going to, you're going to, I mean, it's already been happening, right? This isn't the first time we've seen someone basically be fired, run out of polite society because of their thoughts. Um, you know, right. there was a, a, a part in 1984 where they talk about, um, let me see if I can find it here. One of the guys who gets arrested by the thought police. And uh, I'm just pulling this from an article that I, I've, it's called like fee.org. I don't know where it's from, but they were kind of just summarizing the thought police. And um, it says Big Brother's tool for doing this is the thought police, aka ThinkPole, who are assigned to root out and punish unapproved thoughts. Does that sound familiar? Uh, we see how this works when Winston's neighbor, Parsons, an obnoxious party sycophant, is reported to the thought police by his own child who heard him commit a thought crime while talking in his sleep or, you know, sending a private email to a friend. It was my little daughter, Parsons tells Winston when asked who it was who denounced him. She listened at the keyhole, heard what I was saying, and nipped off to the patrols the very next day. Pretty, some, pretty smart for a nipper of seven, huh? And I was like, this is 100% a world that we're moving into. Because uh, this is communism. This is, you know, socialism. This isn't unique to have parent or children turn parents in for thought crimes and going against the party. Like, that's a fictional story, but very real um, in some applications. And, yeah, I would just tell you, man, like, you need to be weary of this stuff because it's John Gruden today. Um, but it could very likely be you tomorrow, you know, for talking a little bit too loose in your work environment or whatever it happens to be. And then you're the next one getting fired. I mean, it's who you know you work under. And fiery. Fiery. You know, you got to follow their rules. It's terrifying. Um, and then in the second story of um, unacceptable thought crimes, for the week again also came from the sports world and if you want to read uh this paragraph baby yeah it says Kyrie Irving the NBA star who has been indefinitely barred from practicing or playing with the Brooklyn Nets because of his refusal to get the COVID-19 vaccine spoke out publicly on Wednesday night for the first time since the team decided to keep him off the court saying his refusal was a matter of personal freedom Yep, so here's Kyrie Irving, um, and I'm sure you guys are familiar with this story, but he's really, there's a handful of players left that are holding out, but he's the only superstar left in the NBA that is holding out on getting the vaccine, and you don't know who Kyrie Irving is, do you? I wouldn't know what he looks like. I know the name. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's a big, big well, name in the his... NBA, but one of the things you always hear about Kyrie Irving, you know, they talk a lot about, you know, he's an oddball. You know, he kind of, he has his own way of thinking. They usually mock him because he's a flat earther um, and this sort of stuff, an anti-vaxxer now. So he gets ridiculed a lot for being sort of this weird dude that's hard to understand. Uh, but he's just a free thinker. Yep. And that terrifies <laughs> the world of thought police because you're not allowed to think freely. Because you may not agree with flat earth or anti-vax or whatever issues, but I don't know when that became a negative to be like, hey, I just look at the world and I interpret it the way I interpret it. And then I act on that. Like somehow we would rather have people look at the world, you know, formulate opinions and then dump all that and just get in party lines. Like, yeah. why is that a it's better world to live in? It's dangerous for him to think the way he thinks. It's not going to hurt anybody. It quite literally is not going to hurt anybody. So I pulled this up from the CDC. Um, and 
from the CDC. So Kyrie Irving is 29 years old, probably in the 0.01% of the most healthy athletic people on the planet. <laughs> um, NBA stars are some of the most athletic people in the world, 29 years old. So looking at the CDC data, all deaths involving COVID-19 up to this point are 712,930 deaths in the U.S. That's a lot of deaths. Of those deaths, 669,000 and 26 of those come from people 50 and older. Uh, you may make note that that's almost all of them. Mm-hmm. Almost everybody that's died from COVID is over 50. So 712,000 total deaths, 669,000 50 and older. Of the people that are 29 and younger, 3,888 have died in the U.S. from COVID. And I will promise you that of that 3,000, 888, Kyrie Irving is in better shape and healthier than every single one of them with better access to medical care than any of them. So COVID quite literally poses no risk to Kyrie Irving. And what they would say, right, is, well, you don't get the vaccine for you, you get it for them. Because the thing about the vaccine is it doesn't actually stop you from getting COVID. Um, it, It doesn't do anything for you, right? Like, it lessens your symptoms is the idea of it. Well, no one else lessens your symptoms. Being a 29-year-old NBA superstar with access to the best medical care on the planet, like, it doesn't make any sense. But, so the story goes on to say, um, you know, kind of as this was going on, you know, Kyrie was, there was a couple people standing, you know, Andrew Wiggins, and then he fell away and got vaccinated. And Kyrie Irving's kind of the last one. And they kind of came out with a rule because he plays in New York City uh, for the Brooklyn Nets that he couldn't play in home games because New York State had passed a rule that, like, to be a professional athlete or whatever, you had to be vaccinated to play. So he couldn't play in home games. And then once they realized that pressure wasn't going to work, that wasn't enough to get him to capitulate, Mm -hmm. then they changed it. He went for, the story goes on to say, I think that he went and had an interview with like the team owner or something like a one-on-one and the team owner couldn't convince him to put something in his body that he felt um, he shouldn't put in his body. Yeah. And then once that was determined that that wasn't a strong enough, um, you know, arm twist to get him to capitulate, then they just banned him from the team. Um, and- well, they said they don't want a part-time player. Right. They don't want a part-time yeah. player. Um, they want a full-time zombie. That's what they prefer. Um, yeah, so then they eventually just basically banned him from the team until he gets vaccinated. And to Kyrie Irving's credit, we don't know what the future holds, but he has uh, thus far, I think he did an Instagram live where he basically went out mm-hmm. and said, you know, right here he says, you, re- you think I really want to lose money? Um, Irving, who was set to earn about $40 million in salary this season, said on his Instagram feed in a meandering monologue. And keep in mind, this is the New York Times. So when Kyrie Irving's talking, it's just a meandering monologue um, because, you know, he's that weird oddball flat earth guy. (laughs) Um, And it says that included incorrect medical information. Um, Then he says, you think I really want to give up on my dream to go after a championship? You think I really just want to give up my job? You think I really want to sit at home? And I think it's easy for people when you see these superstars and stuff like, oh, well, it's easy for him to do it, right? Like he's already rich. But keep in mind, he's giving up, like they said, 40 million this year. He's due, I think, roughly around $200 million over the next couple of years. So somehow in our mind, we think like, well, it's easy for him to give up 40 million, but it would be hard for me to stand up in my job when I make, you know, whatever your job pays you if you're like a fifty thousand dollar he's year got a boy. lot of stuff that he's still gonna have to cut back on because you raise your standard of living based on what you make so well right your standard liver living raises but also think about it's not like 40 million dollars stopped being a boatload of money to him you know but for us like you know you feel like i can't stand up and lose my job because it's a fifty thousand dollar year job and i don't have the money 
yeah, like that's hard to do, but like think how much that pressure would be when you stand to lose because it's not just 40 million. That's his NBA salary. He probably makes, I don't know, five to ten million dollars in endorsements, endorsements and, and different things, shoe deals. Yeah. That's all going away too. So like you wouldn't and this is kind of the whole thing about even when we talk about Christianity, like if you don't have the courage to go and preach the gospel to your neighbor down the street, you're not going to have the courage to stand up in front of kings and presidents and preach the gospel. Right. You know, if you don't have the courage to stand up to your $50,000 a year job and be like, I'm not doing it. It's against my beliefs. You wouldn't have the courage to be in Kyrie Irving's shoes and stand up against China, the NBA, $60 million in losses. You wouldn't have that courage. So, um, I just think it's fascinating. He knows he's upsetting all of his fans too, like coming yeah. out like that. It's like, hey, what's best for me and my family? And what's more important? Why is his fame and money? Like, what do people care? Like, it's your life. I think the reason people care, uh, I, I don't know if it's all of it, but I think it's a part of it where, like, because they caved, they, because before the mandates came out, I mean, there was, I mean, I want to say it was less than like 60% of the country, 60 or 70% of the country that wasn't vaccinated. Right. And then, and then the, the mandates came out and people started getting the vaccine that otherwise wouldn't have. And right. even before that, I'm sure a lot of people got the vaccine because they felt that they had to. I remember when nobody was really wearing masks, like half the people were, and then the mandates, and then it was like 99%. I think people are intimidated by someone else's bravery and they just don't care that they're going to be persecuted i think that bothers people to see someone stand against the green well, right because they like, see him and they're like screw you man like i got the shot to keep my job they're like, Why who do you, you think you are yeah you, you think know? you're better than me <laughs> yeah like yeah I, you know I'm, I'm not a a female cat i could have stood too but like nah, yeah but you didn't it makes you know? i think for I think yeah it makes them mad yeah but and, and even more, and I didn't even think about this, but I saw an article, maybe it was a tweet or something that somebody had pointed out. I was like, boy, talk about the height of hypocrisy. So here's Kyrie Irving can't play. He's unvaccinated. One of those, you know, super spreaders or whatever they want to call him. Can't play in the NBA. Can't even be around his team. But if you go back just a few decades in the late 90s, the NBA allowed Magic Johnson to play when he had full-blown AIDS yeah. <laughs> in an NBA game. Like, we still didn't even really have, like, a grasp on AIDS. Like, it yeah. was still new. It was the first time we'd ever seen it. We're like, what in the... And he's out there playing full-blown AIDS, and the NBA was like, better get on board. Like, you know, we're all one family here, you know, and you just better get on that court and play with Magic Johnson and his AIDS, even though you don't know what AIDS is. And now here, so weird. a few decades later, we know what COVID is. And that's the craziest thing. We know what it is. And we know that it's largely nonsense to be that afraid. I get it if Kyrie Irving was playing pickup basketball games at a nursing home. Like, so COVID's sure. worse than AIDS is what they're saying? Can everybody get vaccinated? Dangerous. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess. I don't know. know if they're saying anything about that, but. I don't know. It just blows my mind. But I thought that was kind of in that vein of thought police, like you're not allowed to be a free thinker because I guarantee there's a lot of people in the NBA that didn't necessarily want the vaccine. Uh, Cause why would you, I mean, in all honesty or all, all honesty, these NBA players aren't morons by and large. They have medical staffs that they work with closely. Most of them have personal trainers and personal everything. They know what the stats are. They know that they're not at risk of really dying from covid in fact the only person that i've heard of that suffered an injury in this regard was somebody who got the vaccine an atlanta hawks player and had myocarditis and now he can't play anymore so Kyrie's sitting here going dude i'm perfectly healthy i played last year i played this year like what's the problem he's like well i could you know just my job or if i get the vaccine i could lose my in my job it's just a gamble you really weigh the odds and 
it's more important to you. And he's the only one really thinking that way. And it's funny to see the rest of the sporting world dump on him. And I think, you know, you can sort of glean a little bit of insight about, you know, our life. Cause this is the kind of courage that you kind of need, you know, as our world gets more dark as the antichrist, you know, spirit, because this is an antichrist spirit, the thought police, that's an antichrist spirit. Um, they're going to force you to think the way they want you to think. Um, they're going to force you to get in step um, or you're going to be banned from secular society. Right. Um, and I think for us, I mean, this is just, you know, one, I guess, guy, but I think we can kind of put ourselves in his shoes and see sort of the courage it takes to stand for something you believe in. You know, you may have been vaccinated and that's fine. It's not the end of the world, but like, you should be able to stand like this for what you believe in. If it's mm-hmm. the Bible, I mean, it should be for Christ. Um, Cause maybe your stance is like, I don't know, you're passionate against transgendered kids. Well, the antichrist spirit of the age is not okay with that line of thinking. Um, you have to be okay with chemically ca- castrating a, a kid, you know, because that's what they think is right. And are you going to have the courage to stand against it? If you're a doctor, are you going to have the courage to be like, yeah, dude, I'm not doing a gender reassignment surgery on a kid. Like that's insane. Uh, not doing it. Are you going to have the courage, you know, to lose your job? Apparently most people aren't, but I think the world that we're getting in and these little stories like this, John Gruden, um, Kyrie Irving, I think are just, you know, showing that it's getting closer and closer that, you know, the thought police are attacking. The more technology we get, the easier it is for them to attack us and find those vulnerabilities and hold you hostage with them. Uh, and it's just a scary time that we live in. Um, I would definitely keep Kyrie in your prayers. Even is he if, a Christian? I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure if it goes on here to talk about him, if that he's a Christian a or not. Yeah, I'm not too sure if he is or not. But either way, I mean, just pray for a guy to have strength to stand for his convictions. Because um, honestly, if he does stand and go this route, the group of friends he's going to be left with are largely Christians. So uh, if he's True. not now, he may be led into a path where he looks around and be like, I seem to have a lot in common with uh, these Christian folk. <laughs> and uh, that's a good place because if he doesn't know Christ, we want him to know Christ. Um, and also pray for John Gruden. Again, maybe doesn't sound like a very godly man. Um, and again, those even, were all in his past. I don't know what it is. Something isn't gotten after. Or something no. more recent. Like, you don't know. You don't know, but even if he said he professed to know Christ, you'd still look at that and be like, "Yeah, eh, dude, you better clean, uh, clean up your act a little bit. Um, because we should be constantly working to refine ourselves and, you know, grow in that sanctification process. So to be 50 years old and still talking that way, sharing nudie pictures, like, probably shouldn't be that way, even if you profess to be a Christian. So pray for these two men, but man, I would just use it as sort of a clarion call to uh, wake up if you've been sleeping and um, start, I don't know, um, like we talked about, start defining your lines. Um, You know, Kyrie seems to have defined a line for himself, that this vaccine is something he's not willing to do. And, you know, we as Christians and godly people, we need to define lines in our own lives that we're not willing to cross. And um, just, yeah, I think these stories too, though, just be aware of what you're hearing and try to see, you know, we talked about this before previous episode with the dead internet theory that Mm -hmm. like what you see and what you read is not real, right? Like it's all being um, presented to you for a certain reaction, a certain Mm -hmm. thing. So you kind of have to see what it is and hopefully get through the surface of it and kind of see what's underneath it. And that's why I think the John Gruden thing is important. I don't care about John Gruden as a person. I'm not a Raiders fan. Um, But I do care about the idea that you can be thrown out of civil society for a couple of private emails that you have with somebody you thought was a friend. Mm. And, and it just in an instant, your life is really matter how far back in the past that was. And he can't go on the news and be like, 
well, look, man, I've got 30 years of coaching African-American dudes that, you know, love and revere me. And we've had great relationships and I help them make money and make hall of fame. I mean, all these sorts right. of things. None of that good of stuff matters. matters. Yeah. What's even more shameful is the way that these people just pile on for their own benefit. You know, because Marie Smith, who is a pretty lousy NFL or executive, the executive of the, of the NFL PA, not very good at it. And um, this basically just happened almost, if you don't believe in coincidences, which I would encourage you to stop believing in coincidences, they rarely happen. Uh, most of the things you think are coincidence aren't. Um, they're done for a reason. So these emails just happen to come out right as DeMarie De Smith is going for a um, kind of look at like a recall of, in a sense for him to be fired from his position. So he goes out, he plays, the, you know, the, the victim card and he gets basically reelected or maintains his position as the uh, NFL or like the executive of the NFL PA. So, I mean, I guess kudos to playing the victim card appropriately but you know a godly way to handle this would have been like hey you know uh i've known john gruden for a long time like nobody stepped into the no and other players Keyshawn johnson came out and trashed him too because Keyshawn johnson has a terrible record or um identity sort of as an nfl player he was looked on as kind of a bad teammate sort of a cancer locker room and now here's his chance and he's jumping on john gruden you know, trying to make himself look better. So it's shameful. Um, it's sad. All like all the stuff that he's done has been good. What he's and keep speaking in mind, up about. We're not saying what John Gruden did is not awful. Shouldn't yeah. have said those things. You it's not be something to be up. fired over or to be forced to resign over. But yeah, Probably like not. you should have a space to be able to say what you want to say. Yeah. Especially if it's in a friendly manner. Because keep in mind, these are football guys lifelong football yeah. guys old football guys not like the new 2021 football it's just guys. weird because our culture is all in about like just express yourself and don't hold things in you know just vent so it's like okay maybe he was venting i don't know he was expressing himself oh but that doesn't matter no you're not it's allowed so... to express yourself unless you're expressing yourself in that line of thinking and that's again I think you're very blind if you think that these are all just sort of like um, one-off situations or individual situations, because I don't think it is. I mean, keep in mind, John Gruden is being fired from the NFL for being racist, sexist, and homophobic. In the same year, keep in mind that the NFL decided to hire uh, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, and Eminem to do the NFL uh, or the Super Bowl halftime show. You know Eminem and them that sing about raping women, murdering, uh, doing nothing but drugs, dropping the N-bomb every two seconds. So at the same time, hmm. they're going, this is unacceptable to have. But the NFL in, can pay them uh, to yeah. perform, but can't. Like everything Eminem, <sighs> Dr. Dre, and Snoop Dogg have sung in any one of their songs is worse than anything that you're going to find in these emails. It's not like people came out and said, oh, he did this to me, or he said this to my face. This is just email. It's not like he attacked no. anybody, or it's just email. No, it's but just words. So when you see this and you go, I don't understand how they can hire Eminem, Dr. Dre, and Snoop Dogg to do the halftime show, at the same time saying John Gruden's not allowed to be like, it's not supposed to make sense to you. that like, But you would be naive to think that it's not done for a reason. Mm -hmm. Like, you're supposed to be confused and discombobulated. But this is an anti-Christ spirit. Um, so if it may not seem to make sense to you, it does to him. Um, it does to Satan, um, the father of lies and confusion. Like, it's done on purpose. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't think that they somehow just drop the ball I'm like oh maybe roger goodell doesn't know who eminem is oh he does he knows who he is but even just from a more worldly point of view it's i would say because liberals by and large it's a racist platform racist ideology 
I would say they, and listen, again, we've told you to listen to Jason Whitlock. Listen to him. He'll tell you this from a black man's perspective, but they think this is the best that, like, black people can hope for. Like, nah, we got to put Dre and Snoop on because that's, like, the ideal for black men. They finally have made it when those guys get on the Super Bowl halftime show. But they would never promote Dr. Ben Carson, a godly man, you know, surgeon. No, because that's not what black people can hope for. Because, see, they don't think you can achieve that. Snoop Snoop and Dre, that's what they think is their, you know, best case scenario, what they can hope for. Uh, And it's shameful. It's confusing, but it's meant to be. It's supposed to be. Um, It's godless. It's anti-Christ. But as we said, we're going to stop just kind of calling it worldly. It's Satanist. It's It's anti-Christ. So it's done for a reason. You got to see that um, and start connecting these dots and just seeing through sort of the surface level stuff that they give you. So um, that's really the only two stories we had to talk to you guys about this week. Yeah, there was a lot to say about them both. Yeah, I mean, I think they say a lot about our society Mm -hmm. and where we are. And as Christians, they should be, again, wake-up calls that we need to start fortifying ourselves. um, Because, yes, while these are talking about, you know, sports coaches and stuff now, like, I don't think it would be too far, um, like, out of left field to think that they maybe uncover an email about, you know, who knows, a, a John MacArthur, somebody that's already on their radar. Maybe he says something unflattering about Barack Obama or and then maybe they're going to come for your church or your pastor. Um, So we need to be in prayer for these people and um, just fortifying ourselves. So is there anything else that you have to say? Ready to. Cool. That's all we got for you guys. Hopefully there'll be some Mars Hill next week. We can talk about Um, if not. I have an idea I'm working on. That I'm trying to find the right time to squeeze in. Might be next Wednesday because Mars Hill is terrible about coming out on time. But that is all we got for you guys. God bless. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.